When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TNVR Broncos podcast coming to you live from, I don't even know what studio this is. This is like Studio C.5 because (laughs) Zach's at home. I'm on the road. Uh, It's nice and early in the morning. You've got uh, Broncos OTA starting today, so I guess we got to start with a Broncos are back. Broncos are back, baby. (laughs) uh, And we're going to discuss some of these position battles that are going to be kind of kicking off today. Now, I think it's important to note that in the grand scheme of things, um, OTAs plays a much smaller role in these position battles heading into training camp, but it's almost like Training camp is the NCAA tournament, and OTAs is the regular season, right? You're playing for seeding heading into the tournament, <clears throat> and the better seeds you have, the you know the better chance you have of bringing it home. So, regular season starts today in this metaphor. I, I love that, Ryan. I think that's a perfect metaphor. And with this coaching staff, I with it being a new coaching staff, I think these OTAs are a little more important than other OTAs. At least I'm hoping so, because Ryan, last year, remember, we had Teddy versus Drew. We were following their every throw during OTAs. And then at the very end of OTAs, Vic comes out and says, uh, yeah, OTAs are probably 2% of the battle. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I just wasted a whole <laughs> month for 2% of this battle. So I think I think you're 100% right. I think training camp is where it's at. Uh, but th- this is for seeding. I love that analogy. Yes, and let, let we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, a shout out to our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, that sent me a bag of cash yesterday. Oh. Uh Goodness, Ryan, me too, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Justin Thomas to win the PGA. I put it in on Thursday morning, first thing when I woke up. And I got to be honest, when I woke up on Sunday, I, I didn't make any new bets on the tournament. I just had three guys. I had Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, and John Rom. I woke up on Sunday. I was like, well, this kind of sucks. All of my guys are dead. They're just dead in the water. They're out. Um, the no one, Only one other person had ever come back from seven strokes down to win a major championship and Justin Thomas pulls it off. Thanks to uh, a little bit of a choke job from Mito Pereira and DraftKings, you know, just sends me a a bag of cash. It was great. What a way to end the weekend, Ryan. That's it. That's incredible. Uh, Honestly, too bad. You didn't just double down on Justin before the, before the start of the day. Yeah. I assume his odds would have been even worse. Like like I, I maybe like, 25 to one or something going into yesterday at least. And I got him at 18 to one. Oh, well that's still pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. (laughs) Um, 
Okay, so shout out DraftKings Sportsbook. You can also bet $5 and you'll just get $150 in free bets when you bet on any NBA money line. Warriors seem like a good place to put your money right now. Um, so, you know, keep uh, keep pounding that probably. Uh, but either way, even if you pick the Mavericks in any of these first three games, you'd still get your $150 in free bets from our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So check them out and, uh, and get those bets in, especially on the Avs tonight. Yes, let's go, my boy, Ryan. Like you said, the Broncos are back, baby. I'm so pumped for today. Going to be out at Dove Valley. And Ryan, I think we actually may be doing a little show after OTAs as well to give you the updated. So make sure to stay tuned. Hit us with a like, on a thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe. Turn on alerts so you know anytime we're going live. Because when the Broncos are in season, and this is kind of like a miniature season, we could be going live in any time and we would love it if you're rolling with us live absolutely also speaking of the abs really quick um i'm i'm in the the dc area right now looking for a place to watch the game tonight got a couple suggestions but i know we have a lot of listeners out here in this area so if anyone has like i'm looking for like the hockey bar i've yet to get anyone who's like oh this is the hockey bar um so if, if you can point me in the right direction like i'm talking about a place that has like um like what's that called dome hockey you know what i'm talking about the little like it's like foosball but for hockey the game right yes yeah. of course <laughs> yeah but, like if they have that then i'm like oh that's a that's a hockey bar didn't we have one of those uh in the studio at the bar at some point we did it's probably one of seen the it in a while many things that got broken by the neanderthals that walk the studios at dnvr <laughs> you're uh you're calling me out isn't that what you're doing right yes now? exactly yeah, especially <laughs> you that when people think neanderthal they think zach stevens <laughs> i mean i i look like one i guess <clears throat> all right so let's jump into this broncos ota starting today like we mentioned and there are position battles on this team that are going to kick off and at least you know give us an idea of who the seeds are heading in zach where do you want to start Well, let's start with running back. And Ryan, how I'm going to view this, especially just because I love your analogy, is coming into today, there's kind of preseason rankings. So then this is the regular season where teams actually get to show who they are. Players get to show who they are. But the offseason still told us about where this organization thinks some position battles are. And if we start at running back, I think this is going to be a very, very close battle. I think we, we both agree on that. But... As preseason rankings goes, it's got to be Javante Williams as the number one here. And yes, they did bring Melvin Gordon back. Yes, he's he can get up to $4 million with his contract. But Ryan, here's the thing is they let Melvin Gordon sit on the market for about a month. And, and, and Melvin wanted to test the waters and they were they allowed him to do that. If you have a guy that you don't want to leave, you sign him up before free agency starts. Absolutely. You sign him on day one. And so that, to me, tells me that they are way okay and, and totally fine with Javante being that one. Now, saying that, I still think Melvin's going to get so much uh, of the carries and, and a big percentage of the workload. I just think in this preseason rankings, Javante's number one. Yeah, I think you're completely right. Um, he, you know, he is the, the preseason number one. And, and it's not in, like, in the grand scheme of things, in the more, it's not even like Melvin is like season number two. You know what I mean? Like, there's a big gap there. The voters uh, are saying like this team is the top team in the country. This other team, they have a chance to make the tournament. 
Um, and, and they're probably going to make the tournament. But with that being said, this is one of those things where I think the preseason voters are getting a little bit ahead of themselves. Mm. Um, and, and I agree with everyone in the comments saying, like, a guy that spent the month in free agency can't be the starter. Javante Army one is a lock. They wouldn't have waited to, to re-sign MG if it's different. I agree. I agree with all those things. But once these guys get on the field, I've said it once, I'll say it again, Melvin Gordon is such a consistent player. Now, we all know the elephant in the room is his fumbling issues. But if you set those aside, and it's easy to in practice, especially if he's not fumbling in practice, you're just going to see four yards, five yards, six yards, four yards, six yards, eight yards. And Javante, you might see two, 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 12, 20, two, four. And so I just know how coaches are. You know, I've spent, uh, I haven't been on this earth for too, too long, but I've spent a lot of my years on this earth around coaches and coaches like consistency. They like what they can believe in. They like what they can count on. You know, I think you'll see tonight in the Avs game, they got to replace Sam Gerrard. Well, I think you'll see, you know, Jared Bednar go with the guy that he trusts most. Maybe not even the guy he thinks is the best, but just the guy that he's like, you know what? I know we're going to get from this guy. He's out there. He's not going to do anything great, but I think he's also not going to do anything terrible. Um, And Melvin is so consistent and he's such a good running back. His vision is great. He just checks off so many boxes and I'm just Letting people know, you know, remember, Nathaniel Hackett doesn't have anchor bias to either of these guys. He's fresh slate with both of them. I would find it hard. I, I, I should, I'll say this. I would not be surprised at all if Nathaniel Hackett falls in love with Melvin Gordon. Mm, and Ryan, I could see that happening as the season progresses. So we're not talking about Melvin starting all 16 games like he did last year. The only game he didn't start was when he was hurt and, and Javante only starting one. We could see it where Javante starts the first seven. And then we see if this plays out, like you said, about how Melvin's a consistent five yards and Javante's the two two twenty. If we see that happen in the in the beginning of the season, then I could certainly see Melvin getting the starts or at least the the bulk of the carries, the fifty five percent of the share as the season goes on and as as it just gets into even more important games and more important possessions. And here's what I'll say: that's maybe the most exciting thing. You know, I'm basing what, and we're basing what we're saying about Javante off of last season. And there's absolutely a world in which he's just much better than that. And maybe he learned from Melvin Gordon, and now he's the guy who also gets four, four, four. But instead of the twos, those are now, you know, it's four, 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 twenty. Um, and that's the case. Then Javante will not relinquish that starting job, and that's that's the best case scenario for the Broncos. But when they run the ball, it's they're doing an act. It's like a bit that they're doing when they run the ball. They're like, ah, look at us. We're running the ball. Um, like, <laughs> we got you. Um, We're being cute here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when they do that, it has to work. Um, and right. if there's a hole there, it has to be hit. Um, and, I'm, and I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit. I think this team actually wants to run the ball. I think I bet you internally they're saying 60-40 right now. Um, and I think in, in the end, it'll get closer to 70, 30, but that even that is probably going to be the most in, in the, uh, in the AFC West. 
Um, you know, I think that uh, Kansas City sitting over there and they're like, wow, 80-20, that would be a great balance for us. Um, <laughs> and Brandon Saley's over there saying like, uh, according to my calculations, running the ball doesn't make sense at all. So we're never running it. Um, and, and obviously Derek Carr is just going to be, well, I'm just audible, throw it to Devontae Adams every time. Anyway. Um, so Screw the Broncos, you, Josh. Yeah, the Broncos are still going to be, you know, the team that probably runs the ball the most in this division, I guess. Um, but that being said, you know, I, I, I think when they're they're going to say, okay, well, if we're going to run the ball, if we're going to take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands, it better be profitable for us. We better get, we better be on or ahead of schedule when we do it. Yeah, exactly. And, and Archer comes in with a good point saying Melvin's a better scheme fit. He has the vision to play in zone blocking. And I think that's something that we've seen from Melvin. Uh, I don't want to write Javante off that he can't do that. But Melvin so far is more proven in that. And, and that that's a good point as well with the, with the new coaching staff. And so, Ryan, I think this is the juiciest position battle, especially because it's it's the sexy position outside of quarterback and throwing the ball. That this is this is going to be the sexy one. We knew that there was a battle last year going on and this is this is the matchup I think we're gonna be watching in OTAs. Yeah. And and I think man what a relief that that's the biggest and most important one. And it's <laughs> yeah. not not the quarterback position. The weirdest part about this is it feels like we've been in a uh, everlasting quarterback battle, but we really only had two, um, three out of the last six years were actual quarterback battles. Of course, you had like the Case Keenum year where he was the starter, the Joe Flacco year where he was the starter, and the Drew Locke year where he was the starter. Um, and, and it just feels like everything's been a, a quarterback battle. But now there's a definitive starter, and we're not, you know, trying to spin it into being uh, a player who might be able to capture the best ball of their career oh exactly and now ryan there is going to be a quarterback battle and i think this is one that we can hit on pretty quickly but backup quarterback you know hopefully and i'm I'm touching tons of wood right now hopefully this doesn't matter in the end but this will be very important if russ isn't able to play at some point this year josh johnson versus brett rippon and to me, Ryan, I, I think it's pretty clear. I think this is Josh Johnson's job. Uh, it is a competition, which I think is interesting. I think that's just, uh, you know, I think the organization just likes Brett Rippon, and, and and this is how they're showing, like, thanks for what you're doing. We really like all the hard work you put in. But this has to be Josh Johnson's job. You said with the running backs that this that Nathaniel Hackett did not have a horse in the race because he didn't he wasn't here when they when they brought either of those guys into the organization. Well, that's not the case with Josh Johnson. He was brought in with this coaching staff here. So I, I think it's the veteran. Yeah, unfortunately, because I would love to see number 11 become available for Nick Benito. <laughs> um, but that being said, I would also prefer Josh Johnson as the backup quarterback over Brett Rippon. And that's not a knock on Brett. Um, it's just we're talking about almost polar opposites here. We're talking about a guy with one start in his NFL career uh, versus a guy with you know, dozens. He's been with dozens. He's been with more than a dozen teams. He's been around for years. He's seen everything. He's 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 a career backup in every sense of the word, and he knows that and he accepts that. And he's just going to be here to support Russell Wilson and come in if he needs to. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I I completely agree. And there's so many other positions here, Ryan. But you were wondering where you can watch the Avs game in D.C.? Well, if you're in Denver, there's no question about it. You come to the DNVR bar, especially for an away game. But Ball Arena is not going to have anyone in it. The DNVR bar is going to be lit tonight. And what's just another huge game. Thankfully, the Avs were able to pull it off in, in a pretty convincing way on Saturday night. This would be a huge win for the Avs, and it's going to be so much fun over at the DNVR bar. So come right after work in order to get some dinner, grab a seat because it is going to be popping. So come check us out. And also on our website, if you want the best coverage of Broncos OTAs, Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, everything, go to the DNVR.com. And when you sign up for an annual membership, you get a free DNVR shirt. You, of course, get the member size beers over at the DNVR bar. So join our fam and come down to the bar. Love it. Nothing better than watching an Avs game at the bar, especially in a away game. Uh, go go down there. I will be jealous and sad that I'm not joining you there tonight. <laughs> um, also, want to give a shout out to our friends at Breck Brew, where you can get those, of course, at the DNVR bar. But you can get them just about anywhere. Use the Breck Brew locator on their website, and they are going to tell you where the nearest Breck Brews are for you. Of course. I can't recommend anything more than an Avalanche Amber Ale during the playoffs. Um, They are delicious. They're fitting. They're great. Like, just a solid beer. I feel like it's just one of those beers that you're having. You're like, damn, this was just a well-thought-out, purposeful beer. Uh, So check it out. Uh, Get yourself an Avalanche Amber Ale or any of the other eight ones we have on tap at the DNVR Bar. Or, again, check out their Breck Brew Locator to find out what they have near you. Ryan, it just came out that Kyler Murray is not going to be at OTAs. And boy, it just gives me so much relief that uh, we got Russ here. Don't have to worry about quarterbacks. We don't have to worry about quarterback battles. Don't have to worry about quarterbacks not being there at OTAs. But maybe Kyler Murray is thinking about joining the American Raptors because what the American Raptors are doing is they're taking athletes that have played different sports other than rugby and bringing them in to learn the game of rugby. And last year, They went five and five. Maybe this year they'll go, you know, seven and three, especially if Kyler decides to join them being a former baseball player and football player going over to rugby, or he'll just get smashed like I would if I played rugby as well. But you can check out everything that they're doing over at the American Raptors, which is such a cool thing over at Infinity Park in Glendale, Ryan. It's only about a 15 minute drive from the DNVR bar. So you can check both those out and they have free tickets by going to AmericanRaptors.com. You can also watch their games over at AmericanRaptors.com. So check out everything they've got going on at AmericanRaptors.com. Yeah, really no better, no better way to like spend a day with the family, especially if you're you know trying to save a couple bucks. Like free event, great way to be out in the sun, hanging out. If you want some beers, they got those too. I mean, it's just a, it's a great, great place, great event over there that the American Raptors put on. All right, let's move on here. Um, where are we going next, Zach? Let's let's stick on the offensive side, and we've talked tight end a lot, Ryan. Oh, you you hear me? Well, I got you guys, so I'm gonna keep talking here. But uh, tight end, Ryan, uh, we've talked about it a lot recently, and the tight end position. Where does the preseason ranking stand, Ryan? Hmm. This is so interesting. Um, I think the preseason rankings 
have I mean I don't I, I guess you would go Dulcich. I'm going off of what you keep telling me, which is that they drafted Greg Dulcich to be the starter. No one else on this team profiles that way. Um so I think he's he's being considered like the upstart, you know, Cinderella story um that, you know, just came out of nowhere and is is and is coming in high in the preseason rankings. Yeah, and, and I, I think I think you're you're on to something. And w- with the preseason rankings, I don't really think it matters right now because I think by the end of OTAs, Ryan, it's going to be okay. Going into the postseason, we've got Greg Dulcich being the number one seed, and then he's just going to run away with it in training camp. And 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 we've talked about it, and and I fully believe that Greg Dulcich is going to be the week one starter. Albert O, man, I really hope they use him on this offense because he is such a threat being 6'5", 250 pounds, running a 4'4", 940. That has a dangerous place in the NFL, but they clearly just do not view him as an all-around tight end right now. And so I think that's going to hurt him when it comes to being not just a starter who's out there first, but being who they trust and who they feel they can put in there on a down-to-down basis, not just tipping their hand when it's a passing down. We got you, Ryan. Oh, no, we, we we lost him. And so I think that's where we are with the tight end position. And now let's move inside to the offensive line where going into OTAs, there's only two positions in my mind that are surefire they have starters. That is Garrett Bowles at left tackle and Quinn Miner at at who knows where we talked to Quinn at the end of last week. And he said he's playing some right guard, playing some left guard, probably a little more comfortable with the right guard position just because that's where he's played in the NFL more. Uh, but he's also going to be playing some center. Now uh, Lloyd Cushenberry has getting been getting the majority of snaps at center in the off season phase one and two program. But Quinn Miner is a guy who's been getting some snaps there. And he said a very interesting thing. Quinn Minert said his snaps at center are going to start ramping up. So I don't know where Lloyd Cushenberry or where Quinn Minert is going to be playing on the offensive line, but he and Garrett Bowles are going to be starters. Outside of that, obviously right tackle. You got a competition between three guys. Uh, left guard, Dalton Reisner. I do not think his job is safe. I think you're going to have Dalton Reisner, Graham Glasgow going for a job, Natani Muti as well. And then center, Going into the, the OTAs, Lloyd Cushenberry certainly has the upper hand there. I think that Dalton Reisner has the upper hand at one of the guard spots. Uh, but at right tackle, that is a huge one. We know it is a three-way competition. And Ryan, coming into this, we, we, we talk about who the coaching staff likes. Do they have a dog in the race? Nobody likes Billy Turner more than Nathaniel Hackett. Billy Turner is Nathaniel Hackett's guy on and off the field brought him over from green Bay where they spent the past three years together and Turner started the majority of games there. He's the Broncos right tackle. Uh, I, I, I think Calvin Anderson can play great to unseat him, but to me, it's pretty darn clear that this is Billy Turner's job to lose. And, and that just makes the most sense. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's familiar with the scheme. We're talking about a guy who probably outranks the other guys in terms of talent. So he's got the mental advantage. He's got the physical advantage. Um, and he's got the, you know, bias advantage, if you want to call it that, in terms of familiarity with the coach. They're like, like I think 
uh, Nathaniel Hackett might have even described it as a bromance at one point. So, like, it, it it's not looking good for the other guys. And I think that, you know, for, for where we're coming from, like, this is the best-case scenario. You want – if Billy Turner's the starter, it means, like, you signed this guy, you're paying him a decent chunk of money, and he's living up to what you expect from him. So it's not uh, – you know, it's – it's not a wide open competition, but it shouldn't be. He's probably the best option for them. You obviously want to give those other two guys a chance, especially Calvin Anderson. I think he's earned the right to get a, to get a look at it. But if all goes according to the plan, Billy Turner should win this job. Yeah, he should. And now we also have Tom Compton, who does have a connection to this staff. He's coming over with Butch Berry, who's the offensive line coach. But Ryan, you have one guy that's connected with the offensive line coach. You have the other guy that's connected with the head coach and play caller. Billy Turner's got the edge when it comes to that. Yep. And and I mean, you know, if these guys play up to their potential, you can kind of make the case of this being a good offensive line. It obviously mostly comes down to Garrett Bowles and Billy Turner. Like, if those two guys play well, you're saying, like, this offensive line ceiling is pretty damn high. Yeah, uh, 100%. All right, Ryan, is there a battle at wide receiver? Hmm. Or is it just if everyone's – the, the only battle I can think of, if everyone's healthy, uh, what would be Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. They, they play different roles, obviously, but it comes down to the question that I asked you last week, week seven. The Broncos in the fourth quarter have two wide receivers on the field. Who is it? And I'm still going Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, but I don't think it's crazy to say that Tim Patrick can push Jerry Judy out of there, especially by week seven. Yeah, I think um, this is like a battle for Russ's love. Like this is like um, the Bachelor uh, football style. It's like uh, we're calling it – who, oh, re- receive my love. Uh, um, ca- catch my heart. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so this just comes down to like everyone is trying to get in Russ's good graces as much as they possibly can. Um, you know, who has the first impression, Rose? According to me, it would be uh, Tim Patrick. But like Jerry Judy already got one of those uh, solo dates. I forget what they call those. Um, but, he, you know. Is it just one-on-ones? Yeah, he got a one-on-one. He got a one-on-one. <laughs> uh, so, like, the battle is heating up. Um, Cortland Sutton, obviously, you know, uh, in the openings, everyone was like, oh, he's got a real shot here because, you know, yeah. he, he looks great. He's He's got all the physical attributes. Um, Plus, so- he, like, knew the Bachelorette's sister, and they had met a couple of times before. Yes, exactly. Uh, it, it's it's a hot it's a hot contested race. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who makes it to hometowns, who who it comes down to in the final final ceremony. Um, but that's what this battle is. It's it's not a battle for a position. It's a battle for who's going to get the most catches. Yeah, and, and KJ Hamler is, is the contestant that's coming on two weeks late uh, be, because of some r- reason. And uh, and he just has an opportunity to take away, take away time uh, and catches from these other contestants. But he, he is the wild card here and, and the wild card that we certainly aren't counting on right now. And the Broncos are OK if KJ Hamler. Uh, let's say, I mean, he's coming back from from two significant injuries. If he takes a year to come back, that should not ruin this passing offense. They, they should be totally okay. But man, Ryan, 
if he's there, oh man, does he bring the heartthrob to this group? Yep, yep. I, I, we got. I think we got to workshop the name of the show because this show's gonna, it's gonna consume some time. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, this, the se- season's just getting started. We've, we've still got <laughs> plenty of episodes left. <laughs> I absolutely love it, but there is a s- different side of the ball, Ryan. There is there a is. defensive side of the ball, and I want to start with outside linebackers. Is there a battle here, or do you have another analogy for what this battle is like? Hmm. Interesting. This is like less a battle and more just a party. Uh, like oh. everyone, everyone's invited. Um, it's it's like one and two are, are are decided, right? It's it's Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. So you know, no one's fighting for a position, but it's like, hey, you know, party at the quarterback. Everyone's invited. Who's who's coming? Uh, I like that. And no, I don't really think anyone in this group is getting left out. Um, at least you know of the people that we think of. Uh, it's Bradley, it's Randy Gregory, it's Malik Reed, it's Jonathan Cooper, and then <laughs> Nick Benito. Yeah, obviously Nick Benito, and, and and I was gonna get there, but Baron Browning is like the ultimate wild card. We don't really know what he what he uh, is or what he's going to do. We kind of think we have an idea. We're not gonna know until we see it out there on the field. Um, but no, I don't think any of those players are getting cut. No, I, I agree. And and Jose puts it in the comments, uh, I think pretty perfectly he says it's a battle to see who does not get traded. And Ryan, I mean, they, they keep talking, you can have enough pass rushers, you can never have enough pass rushers. And that's true. But are you going to really keep six outside linebackers? Maybe like we talked about last week, you count Browning as an inside linebacker. But if they're just so dead set on him being an outside linebacker, if they're not going to carry six, I don't think. No. So I think it is a guy that is traded, and Nick Benito is not going to be traded. Before the start of the season, it's not going to be Bradley Chubb or Randy Gregory, obviously. Uh, so then it comes down Jonathan Cooper, Malik Reed. In my mind right now, it does seem more of like a Malik Reed situation here. Baron Browning, I, I just don't think he's the guy unless some team comes in and blows you away. But I, I think I think this is what this is. And Ryan, if we want to equate it to, to a TV show, I mean, th- this is a hospital drama that's going on here because it's it's who stays healthy and if those top two guys stay healthy well then they're your starters without a doubt if one of them doesn't oh man we're gonna have some drama in the backup spot well and i think it's important to note in this quote-unquote battle or um you know a hospital tv show is um randy gregory is not going to be participating in this uh, part of the thing so everyone else gets a little extra a little extra time to shine a little extra air time mm, it's a really really good point yes uh definitely now inside ryan defensive line we got draymond jones who's a starter we got dj jones who is for sure a starter dj jones not exactly sure what position he's going to be starting at if it's end if it's nose tackle so some other guys that you have in there mctelvin ajim you got my guy, Any, and then you have Mike Purcell as well. This is another weird battle because there, there's there's some some variables here. Yeah, this is a little bit of a one gotta go, I think. Um, and, and, and it feels easy right now to say Mike Purcell um, is the odd man out because he hasn't contributed in a long time. With that being said, it was easy to say Mike Purcell was the odd man out 
when he got here, you know, uh, and I think it was Vic Fangio who told John Elway because John called him and said, hey, do you, what do you think of Mike Purcell? Should I sign him? He said, yeah, be careful because if you bring him in for camp, you're going to want to keep him around. <laughs> and they were right. He was right. They did want to keep him around. So he's, you know, kind of like that guy that just never goes away. And that's a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um, he's makes plays. He stops the gap. Um, he's a big, big force in there. But they're not keeping all of these guys. Um, and so I, I I think this is a bit of a battle. This is a, you know, a one got to go type of battle. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it is the youth movement that the Broncos go with this direction. Uh, I, I think it, it will be any who eventually is that starter. But Ryan, I don't think it's going to be make that much of a difference who ends up no. being the starter because of the Broncos playing so much dime, so much nickel. It's going to be the Draymond Jones uh, and the DJ Jones. It's going to be the Joneses show on the defensive line. Those are going to be the guys that you're counting on to be big time players. And if they are, even when you have three defensive linemen, Ryan, you're going to be able to plug the other spot just fine. If you need a pass rush, will you go to the guy that just had nine sacks on the defensive line in college last year with any, uh, if you need a run stuffer, man, D Mike Purcell next to DJ Jones, next to Draymond Jones, that's pretty darn good in terms of getting big bodies up there, especially if Bradley Chubb's able to play the run like we know he's able to. That's pretty good, even for just going three defensive linemen. So do you think all of those guys will be around? I think, man, Mike Purcell really is the biggest wild card here because right now, I would say no. And, yeah. I, and I think they could save a couple million dollars by moving on from him. But if he stays healthy, that may just be something that the Broncos say, man, uh, another good run stuff or we don't want to pass up. But right now, he would be the odd man out. And, and I like what you said there. Like, you could get really big. Um, if you need to, like you do play the Titans this year, um, you know, if you need to get really big and you, you want to line up Mike Purcell over the nose and then uh, DJ Jones off the side, that is appealing. With that being said, all I've been saying all offseason is you don't really need run stuffing players because you're playing in the AFC West and no one wants to run the ball here. So. It depends on, you know, how uh, Evero feels and obviously how George Payton feel about the way they want to construct this roster. It kind of feels like if you need it, you know, if you're going up against one of these run heavy teams, I think there's one other team on the schedule that I'm blanking right now that you look at and you're like, oh, they like to pound the rock. Um, it feels like a Mike Purcell-esque player would probably just be available on the street that week. You could just go get them and say, hey, we need a 350-pound dude to, send, you know, to sit in the middle here uh, and make things a little bit difficult. So with that being said, I think it's going to be tough for Mike Purcell to make the team. But it was it's always tough for Mike Purcell to make the team. He keeps making teams. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. He he just won't go away. And like you said, Ryan, that that's that's actually a good thing. And speaking of run stuffers, uh, Josie Jewell, he is a starter. He is the starting inside linebacker. I definitely thought there was going to be a competition for who that number one inside linebacker was when Baron Browning was an inside linebacker. That's how good I thought he was, was he could compete with a guy that's getting $5.5 million like Josie Jewell is this year. But they said, nah, at least for right now, he's still a very much an outside linebacker, Baron Browning is. So to me, the number one spot is really all that matters that much because I think the Broncos uh, are going to like to have Caden Stearns in instead of a second inside linebacker. They're going to want other players that don't play the inside linebacker position to, to be there with, with Josie. So I think Josie is clearly 
the number one guy, but then you have Jonas Griffith. Then you have Alex Singleton. You, you do have some depth pieces there as well. Yeah, and, and here's something that I find really interesting, Zach, and I think you're the one who told me this. Justin Simmons was wearing the green dot. Is that right? Yep. Um, the last time you saw these guys on the field. And that, I think, is for a very specific reason. Not only the fact that he might be the smartest dude on the field and he's obviously the leader of the defense. That's that's important, too. But usually most coaches like to have that be someone uh, in the middle of the defense because they've got to communicate with everyone. So what it tells me is that they're planning on taking Josie Jewell off the field a decent amount. And that means there is a big spot open uh, in the, you know, in the dime type defenses for a Jonas Griffith. And I think that is the spot that's up for grabs. Now it also could be Baron Browning. I don't know. You know, we could see them say like, okay, well, yeah, um, in sub, He's an outside linebacker, but in uh, some of these pass-heavy packages, we want to bring him out there or, uh, as an outside. We want to bring him on in the inside to, you know, use his athleticism and kind of play like a spy role in the middle there. Um, they could go any which way. I think to start, it, I would still give Josie the nod just because, again, he's going to understand where to be the most. But I think Jonas... Um, I think several of these guys have a chance to say, hey, look, I can I can be a weapon for us in these dime defenses. And I think Jonas Griffith is the guy who you're most intrigued by because he has all the physical traits. And last year, when, when we saw him on the field just a little bit, he looked really good. And so that's the guy where you say, OK, what type of upside does he have? Because remember, the Broncos, they traded for him as just purely a special teams guy. He got in the building and they said oh my gosh, this guy's got it all from an inside linebacker. Let's see if it translates to the field. And then it did behind the scenes. That's why he was able to get some time. So, Ryan, I think that's a good point there. When we go real, out, so, yeah. Real quick, Trey just brought up some of the, the names on the Broncos schedule. Uh, he reminded me, it was the Ravens. The Raven, You know, he brought up a few that I would just shrug off, but the Ravens are the one team where it's like, okay, yeah, their main goal is to run the ball on you. If you can't stop that, you're done. Um, he also brought up McCaffrey. <sighs> Uh, until he no, stays I'm, healthy oh, i'm just not like just, he, he's a weapon he's not a you know a runner that you say like oh we need a, a nose tackle in there for um etn never even played nope um and then austin eckler they don't hand the ball to him like they just Speaking want to of throw weapons it. he's a yeah. weapon in the past exactly. game exactly definitely not a guy who you say oh we need to bring in a, a run heavy front for um, so yeah. there's two, in my opinion, there's two on the schedule, the Ravens and the Titans, where you say like, okay, you, you better game plan around stopping the run, because if you don't stop the run, they'll never stop running it. You yep. have to take that away and force them to do other things. Yep. And, and one of the things that, uh, that, that will cause people not to pass the ball if they don't have to is on the outsides, Ryan, at cornerback, that is a position of strength for the Broncos. You've got three Pretty surefire starters, in my opinion. Yeah, Pat Sertan, obviously. Ronald Darby's your cornerback, too. And then Quan Williams in, in the slot. You have O.J. Mudia. You have some other depth guys. But, I mean, the, the, the drop between those starting three and everyone else is really significant in my mind. And, look, I like what Michael O.J. Mudia can bring, but I think he's pretty far away from taking Ronald Darby's spot. Absolutely. And... You, you, they don't even want him to do that. You know what I mean? Like, they want Ronald Darby to lock down the number two role. And he's, I think he's a very solid number two 
NFL corner. Um, so again, it's not a position that you're like looking to replace. Now, if Michael OJ Mudia goes out there and balls out, he's absolutely capable of being that type of player. But it does feel like this is pretty locked in. Um, the back ha- the back end of the group is where you're fighting for. Speaking exactly. Of, someone brought up um, earlier. I think it was the homie Jose who said. Uh, is there any chance an undrafted guy makes it this year? Well, as we know, with Broncos history, there's always a chance. Um, and for me, the guy I'm, uh, I'm putting my finger on to be that guy this year is Jaquan McMillan, uh, the corner out of East Carolina. He, he was nice. And I think in a normal draft, remember, this is kind of a double draft. Uh, because of uh, all the guys who stayed around for COVID. I think in a normal draft, he gets drafted. Um, I think he's a gem that the Broncos got there. So, mm, I like that, Ryan. And now one in terms of talent that, that I like, not to, not, not to your surprise, Alabama's Chris Allen, a, uh, a, an edge rusher who's super talented, really good, but just has, has dealt with injuries, multiple injuries. And just the thing that makes it tough, is he's at a position of strength and depth for the Broncos already right now. But he's a guy whose name we're going to keep hearing as well. And speaking of our comment section, to move to safety, Ryan, Trey Bailey, the second comment we had on this live stream before we even started, he said, what's up, dudes? K-Jack versus Stearns is honestly the most intriguing position battle to me this offseason. And of course, you know, K-Jack. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, that raises my eyebrows hearing that. That came from Trey, not Zach Stevens. Uh, and Ryan is obviously we no one would ever say that Justin Simmons position is in doubt. Is Kareem Jackson's up in the air entering OTAs? No. Um, when they brought back Kareem, it told me now, of course, they were cool with letting him go. So that tells you something as well. Um, but I think what the Broncos are saying is, hey, Caden's time is coming. It could be any time. We'd prefer it not be right now. We'd prefer it not be right now. So they brought back K-Jack. He's going to be the starter heading into the season. They're going to slowly phase in Caden more and more. Uh, don't tell K-Jack. I'm not sure if he's going to be an every down player this year. Not not even necessarily because of himself. Just because the Broncos right. are going to say, hey, we got to get Caden more out there more because next year he is our starter. Uh, so they're going to slowly but surely phase him. And maybe it is just in the diamond. You, you keep Kareem on the field and all those times. But I think you're going to see some plays and some packages where they say, hey, we want we want Caden uh, in at safety on this play. So we slowly but surely get him more reps there. Yep, I think you said it perfectly. I don't think I need to add anything more to that and certainly don't want to say anything that could uh, upset <laughs> a, a, a safety on this Broncos team. But I, I think you're spot on, Ryan. Uh, the, the Broncos starting safeties for week one are locked in. It's Kareem Jackson. It's Justin Simmons. Caden Stearns was so good in the limited opportunities he had last year, it would be really, it would be shameful if he's not getting on the field, not necessarily taking Kareem Jackson off the field, but you got to get him on the field. He is your best non-starting defensive back on this team. And the Broncos are going to be playing a lot of nickel. They're going to be playing a lot of dime. That's how you integrate him is through those. And he should be, he should be that guy every time. You know how, um, like, at some point in the offseason, we'll probably have a conversation where we say, like, who could be the potential surprise cut? Yep. I'm not saying that it would be. I'm not saying that it would be. But a lot of times, that surprise cut comes from the safety position. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, but 
it's, you know, it was TJ Ward one year. Wasn't it Darian Stewart another year? Um, yep. I can't remember if, if he was a surprise cut, but it feels like that's a position where, you know, some sometimes it feels like a guy's a lock, another guy steps up. Obviously, it was Justin Simmons who, who made the Broncos feel like uh, TJ Ward was expendable. So those things happen, not predicting it by any means, but I'm saying if I had to pick, you know, some big name players who you could randomly see get cut, I would be looking at that position potentially. Um, Ryan, the last time that we were in the media room, which was, I believe, last Thursday, that exact same thing was said by another media member, and it was not me, uh, by another media <laughs> member. So that that is something where that's out there, and, and and you're not crazy. You're not the only one that that that's saying that. Yeah, it's, it's a, one of those positions where teams like youth, I think, is what it really comes down to. And and I love – I mean, I'm the biggest probably K-Jack guy. Like, I, I think he, he what he brings to the defense is invaluable and almost irreplaceable uh, based on the guys that you currently have. I think the Caden is, is, has potential to be that. Um, but, no, I, I just – I'm going off of what I know, which is that that position – is the home to many surprise cuts. And honestly, maybe it's Jamar Johnson, P.J. Locke, uh, or J.R. Reed that has to step up to show, okay, you guys believe in Caden Stearns to be the starter, but now you have good depth there that you can trust with these other guys. And maybe that's what makes them comfortable going in that other direction. And that's probably not something that they saw last year from Jamar Johnson, feeling comfortable him being the the the, the, the first backup. Uh, obviously, P.J. Locke, I don't think they they feel that comfortable with him. And then J.R. Reed, they brought in as a special teams guy this year. Yeah, and Jamar Johnson is the one who, you know, was drafted. Was he drafted ahead of Caden? Am I crazy yeah. for thinking that? Yeah, he was. He was drafted ahead of Caden. Didn't really play last year. Dealt with injuries. Got a, you know got off to a slow start. I think he had COVID um, when training camp started, which kind of put him behind the eight ball. So you never know, like, if he just breaks out this year and they say we got to keep this guy on the team. Ryan, and uh, you mentioned earlier, DraftKings Sportsbook hooked you up this weekend. They also hooked me up. One of the teams that you said, if you want to win, you probably just roll with the Warriors. That's what I did yesterday. I felt bad about it. But man, one of the things that DraftKings Sportsbook does, Ryan, they gave me profit boost after profit boost after profit boost this weekend. They gave me three fifty percent profit boosts yesterday. So I used them all and I hit two of three and that became very profitable for your boy. And one of the that's one of the cool things about DraftKings Sportsbook. Look. I'm in already on DraftKings and they don't just they they don't just give things to new customers. They give it once you're in as well. Three profit boosts in one day, 50%. That's what they do over at DraftKings Sportsbook. But they do give new customers a little perk. If you bet five dollars on any NBA game and you you just place the bet on Moneyline, you get $150 in your account. You can bet on Miami or the Celtics tonight if you want to get in and get that money. Then of course you can use those winnings on the app. So head to the app store now, download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up in order to get $5 to turn into $150 over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, please tell me it wasn't lost on you that, speaking of your weekend, that you posted you had bought your first jersey 
the same day that some random dude on Twitter was getting absolutely dragged for saying uh, adult men should never wear jerseys. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Uh, th- th- this is this is my first one though, so I- I'm I'm probably not going to wear it all that often. Uh, but yes, this adult will be wearing it to park days and stuff. Yeah, I can see you with like a neon bucket hat uh, in like a Natter days in your hand at Wash Park wearing that yeah. jersey. That's pretty spot on, Ryan. What do you what what do you what do you think about jerseys? Oh, I, I'm very I'm pro um, do whatever the f you want um, mm, if it makes true. you happy. And um, for me personally, like when I'm getting ready for an Avs game, I get a huge burst of dopamine as I look in my closet and I get to choose from my selection of mini av sweaters like that's a really fun thing for me so um I, I like that my thing there's like a couple rules that i would just say like i'm not telling you what to do i'm just trying to help you like don't wear a button down collared shirt underneath your jersey that that's tough for everyone uh, and don't ever tuck it in to anything uh, th- both those of them just, sound like peyton manning moves those yes those are just tips i'm not saying you you know i'm not trying to tell you what to do just trying to help out here Um, (laughs) if you're gonna be like a middle-aged dude wearing a jersey at least try to you know style it correctly yeah yeah you're right the button down shirt under it probably does not follow that flow of jersey rules but ryan i want to help some people out by giving out our DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week you said it I benefited from it yesterday. I am going with the Golden State Warriors to close it out tomorrow. Vegas isn't really learning. Golden State up 3-0, pretty easy fashion, uh, and they are minus 110 tomorrow. So I'm going to be hitting that, and I think I think the Golden State Warriors sweep. I think Dallas, that last night was their, their last hope, uh, and they just weren't able to hold on at the end. So unfortunately, the Golden State Warriors are going to win the West tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, I think Dallas was dead in the water the moment they blew like a 25-point lead or whatever it was in game two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Was that game two or game? Yeah, it was game two. Um, I, I, just correct me if I'm wrong here. Am I missing the part where a bunch of people are saying like, oh, maybe we were a little too hard on the Nuggets. The Warriors are an absolute wagon. Mm. Are, are people saying that nationally? Because should like, be everyone, you know, is just falling all over themselves to shower Luca with love. And don't get me wrong, Luca's dope. Um, you know, he takes out the Suns, which was really impressive. But no one's now turning around and being like, wow, we were pretty hard on Jokic and the Nuggets for getting clobbered by the Warriors. Now this guy that we've all, you know, crowned uh, already is also getting clobbered by them. And Owen Jay in the comment section saying Luca has little help. Well, <laughs> I, I, I might just turn off my stream right now. <laughs> Jokic certainly had little help, and you know what? Game four. Uh, if you if you want to believe uh, what what Ryan's saying, which I certainly do, you you probably want the Warriors to to win this because Golden State or Dallas isn't coming back. And if the Warriors sweep them, well, Jokic got one more win against the Warriors than Luka did. Sure did. Uh, it's not lost on me. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I, I like that pick. Uh, I'll I'll go to something tonight. Let me dial this up really quick i'll give you an abs pet abs bet i just i already know the bet so i just got to get the juice for you um the bet of course is going to be kale mccarr over on shots he actually missed it Mm. um last game which usually i always uh, as the spin doctor that i am i always view that as a good thing because you get a little bit more value on it the next game um he you know obviously is a huge part 
of the Avs offense. And I feel like there's not going to be too many games where you don't see him go over two and a half shots. With that being said, I was wrong. They didn't give us any extra value on it. Mm. Uh, it's minus 195, which is actually pretty tough. That's uh, wow. a tough sell for me to tell you guys to bet it. How about this? Nathan McKinnon over four and a half shots at minus 125. That's better. He had like basically every other game he's going for like 10. Uh, yeah. So he, I think that's the one. I think he's going to, he's, he's of all players, if you were to rank the guys who smell blood in the water, I think he absolutely does win. You've got a team down 2 1. You can put them down 3 1 on their home ice and then get to go have a closeout game at Ball Arena. I think Nathan McKinnon is probably the one waking up this morning saying, it's time to go take care of business. Mm, I absolutely love that. And man, Ball Arena would be popping later this week. I mean, it's going to be popping regardless, but if they can pull it off tonight and be coming home 3-1, the vibes would be fantastic. And Owen here, I think, defending his Mavericks, continually saying if Brunson was the Warriors' second-best player, they wouldn't be doing much. Listen, we're all on the same team here. Um, we like the superstars with little help. We get it. Um, if Aaron <laughs> Gordon was their second best player, they would also be struggling. So, no knock on Aaron Gordon, but he was brought here to be the fourth best player. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh let's move on here. Hit a couple comments on our way out. Absolutely. First one coming in from Melbourne Broncos. As my boys, just to clarify any confusion with my jumping the shark post, I was only explaining the actual episode, not shooting down RK for his explanation, which was pretty close for a '90s kid. I can't Thank wait you, for man. Russ to sho- <laughs> I can't wait for Russ to shove a fistful of stuff the bleep up to to shut up the the doubters out there. Bring it on. Let's ride. I wasn't specifically calling you out as one of the people. Who were who were all over me, but man, I uh, people wanted to make sure that I didn't that I knew that I didn't get that description exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly did. They were coming for you, Ryan. <laughs> uh, Windy City Bronco says, "RK, you almost lost me with your choice of New York pizza in the food draft. You turned it around, uh, not just with a Pequod shout out, but brought it home with the Italian beef. Let's go! I'm feeling the love for my adopted hometown." Uh, if you're uh, if you're talking regional food, though, it's hard to beat New Orleans. Next time you're down there. You need to go to the Aaron Rose for po'boys. We have had some great po'boys out there. Um, finally, he says, it's an Irish bar off Bourbon Street. When you walk in, you'll think you're in the wrong place, but the po'boys are in the back of the bar. You'll never have a better sandwich. We will absolutely do that the next time we're in New Orleans. Um, and by the way, Zach, it was a good run. It was a good run for you, but uh, you got you got mopped in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you killed it, Ryan. I can't uh I can't say that you haven't won anymore this year cuz cuz you you nailed it and man, when I looked at the draft board, it was pretty clear that you were going to win. Yeah, the only thing that I regret is that I didn't put Nashville hot chicken in my list. Um uh, it just kind of slipped my mind. Um and I don't I, I I don't know if I should regret it. Like would I have won by more if I had Nashville hot chicken or did it everything just work out perfectly for me? Nashville hot chicken my number one honorable mention, but it could easily be one or two overall for me. You, uh, yeah, and I think that that slipped all of us. And so Ryan, B, I was thinking about it this weekend, and I had Nashville hot chicken for the very first time yesterday. And boy, is it amazing! Where'd you have it from? Uh, your favorite city uh, in Fort Collins. Uh, we were up there, okay. and so had it at uh, I believe it was called Music City Hot Chicken, and it okay. was it was legit. It was really good. Nice. And actually, like, not even just like a regular place that was selling hot right, chicken right. like that. They, yep. They're doing their best to make that their thing. 
Exactly. And I, I've, I've never been to Nashville, so I think I get a little break there. Uh, and then I don't know, in Denver, there's not that many places. I, th- I think there's a few that are starting to pop up, but uh, it's not like there's been staples left and right in Denver. Yeah, it kind of had a moment, though, in the last year or so where like three or four restaurants yep. opened up. But like one of them is from L.A. It's actually really good. Uh, Dave's. Um, yeah. There's a couple other places that I know have popped up. Um, but it's tough. Once you've been to Nashville, it doesn't get much better than that. Mm, yeah, I, I bet. And Ryan, Trey Bailey in the comment section saying, RK, check out Craft House in D.C. They've got a few around the DMV area and are fun for games. Absolutely. Adding it to the list. <laughs> gonna have to like do like a narrow down here like a, a little bracket uh next one <laughs> says some people call me the space cowboy uh by boys i've just intercepted a coded secret telegram from commissioner roger goodell and the 32 nfl owners meant for dnvr stating that the nfl will be creating four new teams located in mexico city montreal london and amsterdam the good vibes only skills of rk and zach are tasked with creating team name mascot and team colors for each team have at it wow this this is uh <laughs> All right, we're going uh, the Montreal Monsters. Oh, um, okay. They're they're like Expos colors, um, mm, kind of a I nice like little nod to to an old team. Um, but maybe there's like you know, yeah, we're sticking with those colors, almost like a Quebec Nordiques kind of vibe there, um, and uh, and a nice monster logo. I'm um, so happy that you're on to talk about this. This is right up your alley. But why why I, not the Mexico City Monsters, Ryan? I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things to start <laughs> with them. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I'm, Montreal, I, I, I might need some more time for this. <laughs> um, the, the London, the loonies? That's not a good one. No, that's not uh, a good one. Um, oh, boy. Amsterdam. You can go with some wild things here. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. For some reason, the first thing that came to my mind was the Amsterdam Beavers because there's "dam" in the word Amsterdam. Oh, mm, I think you missed the ship there. A little too creative. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're we're sticking with uh oh, oh. Jose says Mexico City Aztecs. That would be cool. Mm, that would be cool. I like that, Jose. I, I can see like some really sick uh, design around that team. Oh, definitely. The London Rippers or Reapers? Jack the Ripper? Oh, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, I think we'll pass. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I think we have to move on or else we could do this all ooh, day. Oh, really quick. Jose says the Amsterdam Tulips. That sounds intimidating and I love it. I, yeah. Okay. Next, um, next one coming in from Coach Tobin says, "My way too early Super Bowl prediction: Broncos thirty-four, Eagles twenty-four. Just what? seems like that kind of year to me." He says, "Will Garrett Bowles have a solid year, uh, or do you think he will be just blah? I think it's going to be a lot of our offensive line success hinges on how he plays." Let me just say, uh, if. If the Broncos and Eagles play in the Super Bowl, I'm going to have to get like a hotel for a week or something. <laughs> yes, you will. That'll be a uh, household divided. Sure will. Um, well, Gar- I think Garrett Bowles will have the best year of his career. Best quarterback mm-hmm. of his career. Uh, dependent position. Yep. 
and, and that's something that will certainly help him. The only thing is you're going to have to look beyond the sack numbers, Ryan. And, and and you should when evaluating a guy's play because Russ is going to take some sacks. Uh, I think Garrett Bowles saying that Russ isn't going to be sacked as much. Uh, we'll see about that. But I do think Garrett Bowles will get the bump uh, from the Russell Wilson play as long as you look past just initial sack numbers. Last thing here, Cody's been bringing it up a couple times in the comments about the Brendan Langley video. Did you see this, Zach? No, I haven't. I haven't. It's Brendan Are Langley. You gotten a... No, I haven't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I posted it last night. Um, at first, I wasn't sure if it was actually Brendan Langley. So I was like, I was kind of like joking. And then uh, Mario chimed in and was like, that's actually Brendan Langley. Then I like looked at Brendan Langley's Twitter. He had tweeted a couple of things about it. So I've. <laughs> One person tweeted at me saying there's a, a longer extended cut video where Brendan Langley doesn't look quite as much in the right. But what what I've seen here is that um, Brendan Langley gets into it a little bit with a United Airlines employee who then puts his hands on him. He smacks him and Brendan Langley um, then tells him it's it's nap time. Oh, my goodness. I just found it on your Twitter. Uh, Ryan <laughs> Koningsberg on Twitter. And yeah, that very much looks like Brandon Langley and holy it's cow. It's definitely Brandon Langley. And uh, yeah, he, you know, he we, he, we always know he wasn't comfortable going backwards. He's very comfortable moving forwards in that video. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's very clear. Holy <laughs> cow. That is not good. Yeah. And again, what I said to someone was like, damn, that guy got dropped, fired, potentially charged and uh sued all in the same day in like a 30 <laughs> oh, seconds wow. span yep he, cer- he certainly did and yeah it looks like at least in this this 45 second clip he comes after brendan first yep and uh brendan says i don't uh, in the video i don't start stuff i finish it and oh wow that's uh it's very clearly what he did there yeah it is very clear and this guy got back up wanted more wow yeah he, that dude's lucky that he was so punch drunk that Brendan was like, I'm not even going to punch him again. No, right. this is sad. <laughs> right. yeah. Holy cow. Wow. Yeah. And I think that's a good place for us to finish today. Um, hope that uh, no one else gets in any fights like that today. Yeah. No, stay, stay away from those. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us here today. Make sure you're following Zach. He's heading over to OTAs at Zach Stevens DNVR on Twitter. Uh, we will be following along, excited to hear it, and then maybe even another correspondence uh, from you after practice. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And of course, go ask. Flying cotton